And you've tuned in to another episode of 3ABR 87.6 FM, The Wellness Couch, and I'm your host, Katerina Morrison, tonight. Um, Now, given the current social distancing guidelines lockdown, you're likely spending more time at home with your significant other. Uh, No matter the stage in your relationship, you've probably had to adjust to a new reality as you navigate life in quarantine. But the good news is that this could potentially be a healthy step for you and your partner That's not to say that there's not going to be any issues or or that it doesn't come without struggles. So while you're likely happy to spend more time together, small arguments may become more common as the outside world does squeeze in. And you might be balancing work, children, finances, loss of job, and so much more that we're all going through during our already stressful time, all in the confine of that uh, small living space. So we'll outline some of the most common challenges couples are facing right now, according to the data, and share the best solutions to help you solve them together. Now, Nia is a registered psychologist. Um, She's a mother and um, she loves music and the ocean and would uh, love any opportunity she can get to enjoy these two elements together. She's had over 12 years experience of providing counselling to people from various walks of life, um, facing range of issues. So I hope you enjoy our uh, content tonight. Okay, let's welcome Neha Dave, the relationship expert and psychologist. How are you going, my beautiful friend? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, going great. Um, we're really looking forward to um, listening to your wealth of experience on relationships at the moment. So obviously it's been a, a very difficult time for many people with relationships. Yeah. What have you experienced at the moment? Um, in my experience with the private practice, I have realised that some of the issues that the couples um, come to me with or for um, are pretty much the same to do with pre-COVID times as well, but the the lockdown and the whole COVID situation has just intensified some of those issues. So say, um, when I usually work with couples, they have issues um, with communication, um, finding or making time for each other, and they often juggling multiple roles if they are, you know, working outside of the home as well, parenting or any other caring responsibilities. So um, an adult or an individual I often find is wearing multiple hats at one point in time. And they are frequently required to juggle from one hat to another. And um, because of limited resources and limited um, space and time that people are getting from each other, it has been very hard to juggle from one hat to another. So I feel um, couples and individuals themselves are feeling a lot of frustration, um, a lot of um, exhaustion as well. And if both the people are feeling the same thing, then together as a couple or as a, um, as a, as a partnership, they're likely to have those feelings of frustration and exhaustion just that much more intensified. Right. Let's take a step back for a moment. Um, you have to be a pretty special person to actually be the intermediate with a, um, as part of the relationship expert. How did you get on mm-hmm. this um, path pathway? Um, I have always been um, interested in working with um, families and with relations um, relationships. Sorry, um, I do work with adults as well, but um, I, I enjoy helping couples. Um, you know, enhance the quality of the relationship. Um, so I've done, you know, obviously a lot of courses and research and stuff in that as well. And it brings me a lot of joy to help them um, eventually what I call, you know, speak the same language, yeah. have that have that middle ground that everyone has. Everyone has the intentions of, um, you know, investing wisely in the relationship and making things work and everything. Um, but sometimes because of their different experiences, maybe different cultural backgrounds, different upbringings and all of that, 
um, they come to the party, but they they haven't formed their common common Bible yet, so to speak. So I think I, I really enjoy getting them decipher their own experiences and decide what is a common platform that they want to have in the relationship. That's so great. it's almost yeah. Um, so communication forms a pretty special um, foundation, Absolutely. doesn't it, for having a good relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. How do you help people when they don't know how to communicate to each other? Um, I definitely start by having individual um, sessions with them as well, finding out again their upbringing and what what is sort of their background history there uh, with both of them. Um, and I also help um, when they when we all sort of come together. I help them, you know, discuss say the five love languages, for example, and say <laughs> yes, you are communicating to each other. That, that's like my favorite quiz in the whole world. Um, that you are expressing your love and concern to each other, but you're just doing it in different ways. So let's figure out what is your language of love or your language of showing love to the other person. And then let's find out what the partner's love is well. And A, understand your own love language. And secondly, help um, and speak to your partner in their love language as well. So I think these two things are very important. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does actually. That uh, love languages, um, particularly of children, really helped me out. Um, you know, I thought I was a little bit well-versed on um, about children, but uh, reading the five love languages of children was just another world. It was absolutely amazing to know um, the language of a child. So uh, it's imprinted on us as parents that, you know, this is what you do to make a child feel love. But when you actually yeah. read that book um, and see it from a different perspective and see how yeah. different uh, children might have different, you know, like what I call constitutions to feel love, mm -hmm. it's yes. absolutely amazing. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Quite it's a, fascinating. It's a form of communication, isn't it? Yes. Um, and sorry, going back to adults and the relationship as well, I've realized that some people um, are often um, uh, feeling anxious as well, trying to communicate openly to their partners. They're unsure if, regardless of the length or the quality of the relationship, um, some individuals may face anxiety trying to open up, trying to ask for what they need trying to express how they're feeling as well so when I work with couples and with relationships I often help them be aware of their underlying feelings which might be stopping the communication process which might be hindering the communication or um, investing in the relationship process as well so I think that it's quite important to recognize for an individual what is helping or stopping them from communicating. What other factors do you find that uh, people find it hard to communicate apart from anxiety? Um, I think there's often the fear of rejection as well. If they feel that you know they might be, they might be told that they're asking for too much, or they are being unreasonable in asking for you know some quality time being spent together, or let's you know let's go for a walk together, or something like that. So um, people are often afraid of the fear of rejection as well. They're often confused at times, not really knowing what genuinely makes them feel happy and what they want their partner to um, do towards um, their relationship. So it's some confusion there as well, some fear of rejection, maybe some anxiety. Um, I, and I often find, um, and it's not really funny, but it is funny, but I often feel that people think that if the other person loves me, they should know what I want. If the other person oh. cares for me, we've been together for five years or 15 years or 20 years, they should be able to read my mind uh, and tell me, hang on, she loves this or he loves this. This is what I need to do. Um, and to these individuals, I say, look, it's, you know, they may know what you prefer or they may know what you love, but there's no harm in asking. You can't expect someone else to read your mind. 
especially if the partner is, you know, feeling stressed or going through their own stuff as well, they may not always be in tuned with your needs. So I think healthy relationship does it often require for a person to say, hang on, this is what I need. And this is how I can ask my partner for this. And hopefully they're capable of providing this to me at some point in time. Great communication, isn't it? Do you find yeah. um, generic differences between male and female? I know I don't Absolutely. want to stereotype, but yeah. do you find issues no. like common commonalities between male and female? Absolutely, yes. Without being, um, without at the risk of being sexist, yeah. you know, we're men and women. We're we're, we're we have different. Um, you know, hormones born yeah. differently. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yes, I do find the differences there as well, which is why, um, you know, I'm often faced with a, or often work with a male client who says, but hang on, women are supposed to enjoy talking. Women are supposed to be <laughs> more romantic. How come my partner, you know, prefers to cook for me instead of spending time with me? And, you know, that's where I go and say, hang on, let's, let's decipher what your partner's way of showing love or feeling love is. Um, and in the same way, I work with lots of, um, or I have seen, you know, a few women also say that, hang on, my partner loves to, you know, cook for me or they love to talk, 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 talk. And I'm like, that's okay. It's a good thing if your partner right. um, is talking when you would expect, you know, maybe some men to not express themselves verbally as much. Yeah, languages are very important, aren't they, in communication, different languages. Yeah. Like we said, the love languages are very different. Mm -hmm. We'll have to have a whole show on that, I think. I think it would be fine, yes. Yeah, it is. All right. Um, what else have you noticed about relationships that um, uh, can trigger or inflame relationships? Um, I think um, it's also, I think it's important to take um, into account the cultural or the genetic differences as well that a family is coming from just because two people come, um, that the individual is coming from, sorry, just because the two uh, two people come from the same cultural background um, or even different cultural backgrounds doesn't mean um, that they will have the same ideas about what a relationship look like as well. You know, these preconceived notions and ideas that people might have that, okay, every relationship is supposed to look like this or people should want this from a marriage or should want this from a relationship. Um, I think every relationship is different. I've been working with couples for 10, you know, plus oh, years. Yeah. And every yeah. couple is different. Every couple has different sure. um, goals for themselves and for their families. Um, and I, I think it's important to for them, or not just for them, for everyone actually, to recognize what your family values are. Yeah. What do you What do you both believe in equally? What do you want? Because um, I think values are something that lead us, that guide us, that keep us in check as well. Um, and it's important to see, hang on, you know, in 30, 40, 50 years, how do we want people to see us as a couple? What, what do they want um, us to say if they were to say something? And then when couples come with answers like, oh, I want them to say that, you know, they were always laughing or making, you know, making fun or having fun together, or I always saw them traveling together or always saw them cooking and, you know, doing stuff around the house together. These, when, when they come up with or recognize their values as individuals, as couples, yeah. as families as well, I think it's a very important um, exercise. And obviously we can put in the list eventually some of the tools that are just easy for people to log on um, and simple exercises that they can do on the websites as well to find their own um, values for, couple, for, for marriage. Yeah, fantastic. Um, do you find that a lot of people model behavior, what they experienced as children? From their parents? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
subconsciously, you know, we have all those patterns sit into um, our minds. And if we are not aware, we're, we're likely to model some of the good and not so good behavior that yeah. we have witnessed ourselves uh, or, you know, seen our parents in their relationships or any other um, adult relationships around us. So I think self-awareness is very important to, to be aware of um, how you are feeling at any time, how, you know, how you possibly your partner could be feeling as well. Um, and making the relationship work regardless of what's going on. Yeah. What are the biggest um, uh, anchors that you've actually seen? So if someone comes up to you and, and they're very ha- unhappy, what, mm-hmm. what are normally their triggers? Um, I would say especially, do you, do you mind if I speak just a bit about yeah. this year? Because right. this yeah. year has been so different, particularly, isn't it? Yeah, particularly during COVID, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, so I think this year some of the some of the triggers that um, the couples have been facing is um, the sense of unfairness because there's so much going on around outside of the family and the relationship as well that is out of a person's control. Um, I think that gets transferred into what's going on in the house as well. So, you know, two people in, in the relationship have the sense of unfairness and hang on, I'm the one working so hard or I'm the one doing things for the children or I'm, why do I feel like I'm doing everything and they feel or they see that the other person's not doing as much towards the relationship or family or um, towards the household in any way. So I think one of the biggest thing is the sense of unfairness that people are experiencing. Um, a lot of couples are also finding it hard not having enough space and time out from each other. So it's, you know, it's two people, yeah, that, three people, funny. four people in a family <laughs> just being stuck, um, especially in Melbourne, you know, we've had, sort of stricter lockdowns. We haven't yeah. been able to go for walks with too many people or you could just exercise with one other person and stuff. So I'm um, like, you know, I and I often joke, joke in my family as well. I have I said I can draw your faces with my eyes closed now because I've only seen three faces this year. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's just, you know, just the kids just laugh at it. And we've all had Zoom sessions with, you know, I do, I do my work on Zoom, the client and you know, the kids have had their Zoom sessions and we socialize on Zoom and stuff as well. But it's just our way of recognizing that we have had a bit too much of each other. Yeah. And that, and I think it's important and um, very vital for everyone to realize that this is not ideal, but it's okay to feel that you haven't had enough space from each other. You haven't had much time out. Um, and once you start accepting that this is, this is, this is uncomfortable, this is a bit challenging, that's when you can start being more kinder and more patient with each other. Is that making, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it's just been amazing because it's been a revelation with, with some families or, or people I've seen that they've actually flourished in this time, that they've spent mm-hmm. more time together and other people have actually um, bombed out, you know, with um, spending so much time together and, and sometimes yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, um, and I think even those families that, um, you know, have, have flourished together and have wanted so well together, I would, and I look, I could be wrong and I haven't checked the statistics on it and I stay away from the news, but I think even even the families that have, you know, really enjoyed sort of their time together, every now and again, they would have had their, even if it's just a fleeting moment of um, exhaustion or maybe just, even mm. if it's just a few moments of thinking, no, hang on. You know, I wish I could just go for a drive on my own or I could just, you know, hang out with this particular friend mm. or go, go have a coffee or something. So that um, so that that sense of desperation does kick in from people from time and again. But you're right when you say that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us have tried to make the most of, the, of this time. You know, it is what it is. We can't do much about it. It's not ideal. So what can we do to make the most of it? 
And that really makes us feel quite grateful and quite blessed, doesn't it? It does. Okay. Now we'll be back after this break with uh, relationship struggles in lockdown.
Such a beautiful song by Extreme. Now, um, you're listening to 3ABR, The Wellness Couch, and we're here. We've got Nia Dave, the psychologist, chatting with us today uh, about relationship struggles in lockdown. All right, I've stopped again. Okay. Okay, so how can people remind themselves of what needs to be done for, you know, to optimise their relationship? Um, yeah, I, um, I think it's important to, like I said, space, important words. So just I would, I would suggest if, if your family or if your household is not used to it, just write the word space in a post-it and stick it around the house. <laughs> so that it's true because a lot of us are visual people. You know, stick the word space on your you know, on your bathroom mirror, wherever you have to, so that you realize, okay, do I need space? Am I giving space? What's happening with the space? Respecting yeah. space and boundaries. Um, I think um, couples or families also need to um, learn to let go and let go a bit more this year. I think Not I think that's an important so skill. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, life needs to be humorous as well. We can't yeah. take it all seriously. No, that's right. So letting go of any communications that might have been um, unintentionally hurtful, for example, letting go of the chores at times around the house, letting go of each other's expectations a little bit. So being a bit more patient and a bit more tolerant um, of, for, of, for themselves and of each other as well, you know, because again, like I said, 2020 rules, you know, we don't have enough things filling up our cup and we can't pour from an empty cup. No, so, definitely. you know, we need, yeah, so we need to be more aware. Um, and it's okay if, you know, all the 10 things that you were used to be used to doing last year, you can't do them this year. So let go of your expectations, being a bit more realistic and saying, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. They don't have extra things to make them feel happy or get them excited right now. So it's okay if they, you know, want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, great. Obviously, um, as a relationship expert, you do see people with varying um, opinions and perspectives. They see the world uh, through different filters, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they can cause a lot of um, um, abrasiveness, I guess, in, in relationships. Yes. I think that might be one of the biggest, um, uh, what can I say? Uh, yeah. Because issues, because, because issues. topics that come up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so how do you deal with that one? Um, Every individual does have a different view of their worlds, isn't it? Um, again, with with a, with a couple or even individual yourself, I think it's important to recognize what your what your vision is, what your perception is, um, and then communicating honestly and openly with your partner. So what what is it that they want? What is it that they are going through? What is it that their expectations are? And coming again to a middle ground, and then middle ground is very important. Needs to be nurtured and yeah, you know, watered like a like a seed that has been planted. And obviously you see abusive relationships too where boundaries need to be, you know, um, incepted. So, I mean, there are times yeah. obviously where you need to walk away from relationships as well. So yes. where do you draw that line? When do you know that someone should actually walk away from a relationship? Um, I think the minute, um, and again, easier said than done, Kat, yeah. but this year has, um, as you would know, has, has had a big rise in domestic violence mm. and yes. you know, abusive relationships as well yes. because of... of um, you know, all those behaviours, I'm sure they were present before this year as well. But because of the, the lockdown and everything else, those abusive behaviours have just intensified. And um, the escapes that the, that the that survivors had um, are quite limited. So um, speaking about when to walk away, I would say the minute um, you realise that there's nothing that can be done. 
about um, changing the other person's behavior. So the, or the minute you realize that this is affecting me emotionally and mentally. So being aware of the different types of abuses, for example, different types of abusive behaviors. Um, secondly, trying to educate the, your partner as well. They may or may not know what they're doing is A, not okay, and B, that the way it's affecting you. Um, and see if there's no there's no willingness um, from the partner to wanting to change or understand what how this is affecting you. You know, undertaking some serious skills, serious skills, to change that behavior as well. It's important that that the person decides to walk away and get the right help. Yeah, because abuse can mean different things to different people. Obviously, mm -hmm. some tolerate a lot more. You know, sometimes yes. I hear things and I think I can't believe that person stayed there for so long. Um, yeah. you know, in that abusive relationship. But, I mean, who mm -hmm. are we to judge? Um, but then again, abuse yeah. means different things to different people. So how do you quantify yes. that? Yeah, and I think that's why the, 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 the person or the survivor needs, needs to know that it's not just about, you know, physical and um, emotional abuse, but, you know, there's social and there's financial and there's mental and there's, there's so much, so many other ways as well. So just educating themselves, just, just not necessarily going on and... Um, going on Google and getting extra information, but being aware that in general, if any behavior of your partners is causing you grief, it's important to address it and see where it stands. It could be that, you know, the person's misunderstanding or the person or the, or the partner just needed to be told that don't, this, don't do this or don't do that. And they can automatically just change the behavior. Um, but recognizing, increasing your awareness about your partner's behavior and recognizing the patterns in the relationship does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's again just a very silly example here, Kat, but um, finances, for example, in my house, I don't understand money. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything about money. I don't want to learn anything about money. So all, um, <laughs> so my, and my partners, you know, I'm very grateful to him that he understands numbers. He, you know, he looks after the finances of the house. Um, and I'm okay with that. I, I have my freedom to, you know, earn and spend um, in a healthy manner. But in some households, the same thing could be considered quite abusive if one person takes control yes, of all yeah, the finances yeah, yeah. and the other person doesn't know where the money is no. or if there is any money. Yeah, so it's obviously so again, educating yourself. Ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And coming to an agreement between you, though, between you as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Going back to domestic violence, though, that... Um, I guess a lot of people don't understand uh, victims of um, domestic violence might stay because of their children. Um, and services, particularly um, in lockdown, are very limited mm -hmm. at the moment. Yes. Yep, there is um, life, I don't know, there is obviously Lifeline as the first call. There is safe steps as well. Um, they can call and they can help you negotiate a way to get out of the house um, in a safe manner. You can have a police escort. They can um, help you find crisis accommodations. There are some services, but you're right, it's limited. It's not... Um, and they're very not, scared too yeah. because, I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. their lives are at threat. So um, uh, it can be quite complicated sometimes. Yes, absolutely. It's not easy for sure. Um, and only the person in the relationship or the situation can decide what is the right thing for them and for their family. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right, Nia, we've had uh, some feedback, some quite um, a number of feedback, and we're, we've got about seven uh, questions that we're going to address uh, okay. from the audience. So what I'm going to yeah. do to keep it anonymous, <laughs> I, thought yes, please. I thought that we'd change the actual names, but um, I'm not going to even mention the names. That's even better. The people oh, that's know, fine. Yeah, yeah the people sure. know um, who they are when they listen. Okay. Um, and I haven't changed the wording of the question, so they will know exactly who they are. Okay. So oh, let's go some good. of the questions that we've got. 
So sure. more, more time together has intensified our triggers and with mm -hmm. less external outputs, it is becoming quite disrupting. <laughs> Yeah, so again, and I think this it, it's good that this person's you know first reached reached out, and second, they realized that hang on, the triggers were already there, but because we because of the lockdown, they've just intensified. So some of the things were there, plus limited external external output. Um, it is definitely an intense situation, so take some space, look after yourself, and then have a chat with your partner, you know pre-time I always say let's have a meeting so you know say yeah eight o'clock after the kids go to bed let's sit down and let's talk about the stuff that might be affecting you and what if anything that you can do about it right now yeah look I've taken this period as actually going inside um, a lot deeper as well I think um, with mm -hmm. the restrictions it means that you know you become inverted which is great you get to work yeah. on yourself but um, some people find it quite disrupting as well or quite stressful yeah. to do that um, it's like they can't yes. get away from themselves are these um, yeah. normally traumatized people and this this is very general too. Yes, it is. Um, I would say so. I think a person that finds um, it challenging to sort of be in their own company, you know, reassess their own life, analyze their own life, um, definitely has some trauma and some work that needs to be done. Does that does that yeah, make sense? It does. It does. Yeah, all it's right. not not everyone's comfortable in their own company, no. so to speak. No, yeah. most definitely. Um, all right. So a lot more time. Number two. A lot more mm -hmm. time means a lot more focus on relationships and I don't even know if we are suited. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, it's, it's pretty sad, isn't it? Sad. Um, I think um, I always, um, especially this year, Ken, I don't think it's the best year to make or break a relationship, make or break a decision. You know, it's this year, um, it's, it's not the best time to stop and reevaluate. So to this person, I would like to say that, you know, you again, unless there is, you know, unless you feel that there is, um, you know, abuse in any form or anything like that, just because, you know, you may not have enough time for each other or just because you have varied interests at the moment, it's not the right time to make a decision and make or break a relationship. So unless you are in any emotional or physical danger to yourself, try not to decide anything significant about the relationship this year. Yeah, I think uh, spending more time with each other, perhaps these are people who don't spend too much time together and then there's red flags with, yeah. that come up, yeah, when they do mm. spend a bit more time together. All right, yes. so number three, it's all about wanting to know how to communicate to a, a non-verbal individual. I think they mean someone who doesn't really talk about their emotions. Uh, that yeah. Does, yeah, that does not like to talk about issues. When I bring up issues, mm. he takes it very personal and it turns to i can't say that word online but it's yes it's h-i-t yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um it is um like we were discussing at the start cat communication is very important people do it in different ways as well verbal communication however to a certain extent is important you can't always um, buy flowers to say sorry you actually have to learn to say the word sorry as well so um i think with this this person first of all you know do the father language love language quiz and find out how um, the person is communicating, how they're showing their love. Um, and secondly, encourage them to sit down, um, encourage them to open up. And maybe thirdly, it might be a good idea for them to, um, if, if firstly, if they understand that this is affecting you and the relationship significantly, it might be important to guide them towards um, professional help to help them open up and you know, learn to um, be more aware of their own emotions and your, their thoughts and then learning to communicate as well. People are not born with great communication skills. People can learn them at any age and stage in their life. Yeah, something that um, 
I was disturbed with the other day was um, I had uh, a few people actually this week tell me that, um, oh, it doesn't matter what I feel, I can handle pain, but I just don't want to hurt people. And it, I thought, oh. wow, that that's almost a, a trauma coping mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So is this, is this, this is these, are these, would you say people who would say that they'd rather be in pain themselves than yes. communicate and yes. accidentally, unintentionally yes. hurt yes. someone else? Yes. Oh, that is, that is yes. such a, yeah, no. that's very, it must be very heavy for them, isn't it? I don't know what other word to use, but that's, that's taking on a lot on board. Yeah. And I think these people are almost being unfair to themselves as well, isn't it? Exactly. Taking on the baggage for two or more people. I think they need to trust themselves and the relationship and find a tactful way to communicate. Yeah, so how do we help them open up? Um, again, coming down to the awareness that they are aware that... Are you talking about the non-verbal, non-verbal person? Um, in uh, the question, are you talking about both, people probably. in general? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think both, non-verbal and the person who thinks it's okay to have pain themselves and take on, you know, they don't want to hurt anyone else, so they'll take on the yeah. pain. Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to realize what they're communicating or non-communicating is costing them in terms of emotions or time or resources. Um, and then being able to, you know, come up with the right, right way to communicate. Um, or I think it's important that they realize that this stuff has to be said. Otherwise um, a lot of content is being lost. A lot of in important information is not being put out there and it will affect the relationship sooner or later. So there are, there are ways that they can, either learn to work through their trauma or learn healthier communication skills. But learning has to happen. The change has to happen. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. The next one, now th this is um, an interesting one because, I mean, there's always the passive or the aggressive behaviour, isn't there, with this one. So mm -hmm. how to fight and come to an agreeable, workable decision? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you see various <laughs> modes of action here. Yeah. Yes, I think fighting, I think fighting, um, Again, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. I think fighting, fighting is important. You know, speaking up, um, or you know, having arguments or heated discussions. I think it's important. I think it just means that you care. It just means that you care for yourself and the other person, and you want some change to happen. But I think fairness is very important when you come to fight. So again, recognizing first of all, I think if emotions get in the way of um, fighting or that that communication, it's just going to be one emotion over the other and the content or the main topic is going to get lost. So how to fight? First of all, be aware of your own emotions. Be aware of what is it that you want to communicate? Uh, what is it that you want to, to you know, achieve from this, this, this fight or this discussion? Uh, what are you hoping to change? So I think that if you can't, um, if it's harder for you to sit down and just process and write things down, um, um, think things through in your head, maybe write things down that, hang on, I'm feeling this and this is what I want and this is how we can get it. And then make sure that the other person has their emotions regulated as well. They're not feeling intense tiredness or stress or anger and then um, meet at a pre-decided time if possible to sit and talk things through. So fight fair. Yeah, so obviously with kindly. Her, yeah, passive aggressive, obviously, to the passive aggressives. Obviously, mm -hmm. do you suggest going to um, bed, um, not clarifying the argument? Does that stand true for you? Yes. Yes, I would say so. I, I, I don't personally, I don't agree when people say we don't go to bed angry. I think it's important that you do whatever it takes. I mean, don't let it go for, you know, more than a day or so, because then that turns into silent treatment. So space versus silent treatment. I think it's important to announce 
um, to your partner saying that, hang on, you know, I'm feeling, I need, I need space right now. And then go to bed if you have to, or do whatever it takes to regulate your own emotions and then come back to the table, let's say 12 o'clock the next day in the afternoon to discuss what's going on. So it's okay if you do need to go to bed, you don't have to clarify everything then and there. So it's really is working that, out what works for you as a couple, isn't it, really? Yes, absolutely. If you've got absolutely. protocols in place, it's good to talk mm-hmm. about them while you're in a grant or when you're in a, you know, a happy place. Of yes, how you're going absolutely. To or fights or, or disruptions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so So have those pre-decided rules almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and follow them, keep keep your word to them. Okay, now it says here, and this is not my words, this is exactly from the um, audience, I don't want to be sexist, but it seems like all the women are educating the lockdown kids, cooking and cleaning and still doing their own work. How can we manage this continuously? So obviously a bit of frustration there. Yeah, it sounds like, again, lots of multiple hats being worn by the same person. Um, and I'm assuming that this person has a has a partner that's not doing as much. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've seen Maybe, a lot of that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of that out in the audience as well. Yeah. I think I don't feel that mentally and emotionally this this one one person um, in the household doing everything is sustainable. So you may have been doing it yeah. for a few weeks or a few months, but it takes a toll on you. So I would like to say that, again, speak to your partner and say, hang on, this seems a bit unfair. How can you help out more? Or where can you help out more in terms of the household? Or what would you like to take on so that it takes some of the things off my list? And secondly, if, and that, you know, doesn't come down to a, it's never 50-50, but it doesn't come down to close to, you know, 50-50, to, to the mother or the woman in the house needs to learn to let go as well. So, you know, pre-COVID, you might have had a rule of always, you know, going to bed with no dishes in the sink or always having yeah, fresh cooked yeah. meals or what have yeah. you. These are COVID times. And if the partner yeah. or the other person, adult in the house is not able to help you, maybe it's all right. Maybe once a week we can do takeaway or, yeah, you know, definitely. we can do two two days of dishes worth every now and again. Yeah. And that's completely okay. Yeah. So be kinder to yourself, be more patient and more tolerant with yourself as well, because we can only control or manage ourselves. We can't change the other person or we can't impact or influence the other person regardless of who that is. So talk, communicate, express your needs. But if that doesn't work, control the controllables. Yeah, great. All right. So uh, just a few more questions. Uh, We'll take out the name. I seem to be the primary carer of the children and made the decisions on what to feed them, where to go, who who they could see and advise them with their issues. With my partner now being home simultaneously, we are arguing Mm -hmm. over our children. Oh, that is that is so hard, isn't it? I, mean, I think parenting can be tricky and challenging to begin with uh, for different age, ages and stages and reason. But um, looks like your par- partner, because he hasn't, they haven't been around as much. Um, they suddenly feel like, you know, they're not agreeing with what you had to say. Um, I think it's important to sit back and maybe reevaluate your family values or your vision for your family. Look at, you know, the goals or the aims that you have for your children. Because whatever decisions you're making in terms of your in terms of their food or food habits or studying or who they can see or what they can do um, are tied down with your family values directly or indirectly. So maybe sitting down with your partner and saying, hang on, this is what we believe in. And this is how I have been able to help them achieve those goals or those values. So take your partner's input and say, hang on, do you, is there anything that you can contribute towards it? Is there a reason why you feel that, you know, the children doing something is going to be harmful or hurtful to them? Yeah, you can see this is all about a communication, isn't there? When you, you've got yeah. any upsets or resentments, you really need to 
talk about it or write it down yes. to your partner, isn't it? It's just a matter sure. of communication, learning to communicate yes. between the both of you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It, it's pretty obvious. There, there is a pattern here. Um, and mm-hmm. the last one, I've lost my Oh, I think this one we referred to, but anyway, um, I've lost my job and it's a struggle to keep being positive, loving and nurturing when you only want to feel depressed. Uh, but you have a family to look after, so you must go on. But sometimes I just can't and I fall into more of a depression due to this realisation. Now, we did give that person some help, but um, anyway, we oh, good. decided that's good. to, yeah. That's, that's, that's really helpful. I think it's such a hard, hard time, isn't it? Especially, I mean, even with, you know, people are struggling in so many ways, plus not having a steady source of income just adds extra stress to this person. So I think they need to, they need to, they need to get some professional help. They need to um, do more things to look after themselves because if they can't do it, then it is going to affect the family. So even, you know, if they're trying to pretend to be, or, you know, just faking the smile or whatever, uh, if they're not really feeling okay inside, it will end up affecting the family. So they might, they should probably speak to the doctor or the GP and maybe get referred on to get the right type of help. Yeah, sometimes you have to draw a line in the sand though, don't you? Because people don't know when they're not okay. Yeah. It's other people that tell tell them that they've changed or their their behaviour's different or, you know, their mm-hmm. mental faculties aren't the same or or they're not enjoying yeah. the same activities like they used to. So um, what so does trust it, those around you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Pardon? I think you need to trust the people around you because it's not always self-evident yeah. that you do have no. the issue. No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just look out for their feedback, you know, take their emotions into account and see how what they feel about what you could be going through and then get help. There's help available everywhere, regardless of who you are or where you are. So reach out. We're blessed to be in this country with the, you know, the healthcare system that we have. Yeah. So Nia, if people do want to reach out to you, where can we find Mm you? Uh, I have my private practice in Point Cook, but I do have a lot of clients out of Point Cook as well because of the Zoom um, session availability. So they can just go on to uh, nehadave.com um, and just send me an email. My number is public as well, so they can just Google my number and um, text me or call me to make an appointment. So what does it take for um, a person who has relationship issues to go through and see a psych? What normally um, is a navigation? The process. Is, yeah, yeah. The process. Um, it would be, um, they, it, it is helpful for them to speak to their GP first because because I see um, clients individually as well as a couple, at least for a couple of sessions before or after the joint sessions, it's important that they do go to the speaking, um, the GP and get the mental health care plan done. So the individual sessions can be covered by the mental health care plan. Um, and then they can ju- we, and then we can just decide the time for the three of us to meet or talk. All right, fantastic. You've been a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'd love to have you for with me. all your wealth of um, knowledge. Thank you so much. And we'll catch Thanks up. Thanks for having again. me. Sure thing. Thank you. You're listening to 3ABR, and that was uh, Relationship Struggles in Lockdown. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Wellness Couch. Bye-bye.